So, you know, the, the series itself, Love Works, was built around the idea of starting off our year with this thinking about how we are, what Jesus taught us, to love the Lord our God, to love our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he said, and to love our neighbor, love other people. And so we've been sitting with this idea. We mentioned that a love, though, that says it loves God and doesn't show up in how we engage people is sort of a disconnected love, and vice versa. But what we've done, the bulk of our time, and again, I don't want to assume that everybody's been here, um, bulk of our time we've actually been exploring a big part for the three weeks, this teaching of Jesus on, that we call the parable of the Good Samaritan, and this story that Jesus gave in, in which, you know, we see an example of what it looks like to be a true neighbor, and what Jesus was talking about, how we're supposed to treat people. It's been great. And, you know, as I originally had looked at that in the 10th chapter of Luke, um, I as I was sitting with it, preparing for this series, you know, months ago, I was just trying to absorb it. And sometimes what it's good to do when you read the Bible is, you know, there's sometimes where it's okay to pull something out and just, like, look at a verse, and that verse is, has value. In fact, my, my wife, she has a board in our kitchen, and she, is, she has a little chalkboard it's, it's, that she has up there, and she writes a new verse every week on it. And she's just been doing that recently. And I told her, I, you know, I really appreciated that. I thought it was a, a real blessing. And, and we all know that having a verse just to look at from the Bible, it, it could be a tremendous blessing for us. But a lot of times it's helpful, especially when we're reading something in, this, in the Bible, to sort of read what actually preceded it and what came behind it, because we call that context. And a lot of times appreciating a teaching of Jesus in a context or even any part of Scripture can be real valuable. And I found myself just, you know, looking at the parable of Good Samaritan in Luke 10, and I decided, you know, I'm going to look a little bit in front of it, kind of to make sure I had an idea of what Jesus was doing before that. And then I said, I'm going to look at right behind it. And I, when I started reading underneath what immediately follows the teaching of Jesus, in which he had that confrontation and that, that discussion with this religious lawyer, and he, that's how the story starts, right? Who is my neighbor? Jesus makes it the, the Samaritan. And, and then he ends up saying, you know, which one of these was the neighbor? And, and the man grudgingly almost has to acknowledge, well, it was the, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus says, well, you go and do likewise. As soon as that story ends, something else happens. And I, it's amazing. I, I had read the Samaritan parable kind of in an isolated way. And I had read what follows in an isolated way. And it never dawned on me that these two could be seen almost like one following right after the other. What follows after Jesus' exchange with that man and his giving of the story is this incident. Initially, it doesn't look that, like it's that much, but it's actually an incident that has a lot of meaning and value. It occurs at the house of, a, of, a, of two sisters. They had a younger brother named Lazarus, but Martha and Mary, um, who were both followers and friends of Jesus, had evidently had a real desire to express their love and appreciation for him, and they, they wanted to host a dinner uh, or a meal or a time, a day in his honor. 
And that incident is described because it's exactly what comes underneath the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. What's interesting is this. The parable of the Good Samaritan, just stay with me on this one, talks about and extols the virtue of serving. Everything about it is love has to show up. Love has to act. Serving others is what love does. And when we say we love God, that's how it shows up in our lives. But then the incident that immediately follows it, what makes it kind of amazing is when you really look at it, it actually is expressing the limits of service. And it actually is describing how there are times when the most important thing you and I can do is pull back and be still. And so it's a different, it's, it's fascinating, it just kind of contrast it right off the bat, right behind it is this other T. And this is what we're going to end the Love Works series with. So I want us to look, if we can, at Luke 10, the incident I described. We're going to dig into it a little bit, sit with it, hopefully learn from it. Um, it says this in Luke 10, 38. It's in your handout. You follow along. It says that it starts off real innocently. Uh, it says, now as they went on their way, so after that conversation in which Jesus gave the story, after they went on their way, Jesus went into a village, and there was a woman named Martha, there she is, who welcomed him into her house. She seemed to have been the older one. And she had a sister who was called Mary. And what we're told, just quite as an aside, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and was just listening to his teaching. But Martha, we're told, was distracted with much serving. Now, again, um, we understand why she might be, but the Bible's initially telling us here is that Martha was just really consumed with preparing the meal, making sure the environment was just right for Jesus. Clearly, they both loved Jesus. There's no question about that. Martha may have been like many of us, sort of thinking about this moment. It was a special moment. Imagine if someone you loved a lot had super high respect for um, you were going to be hosting them. You would do everything you could to sort of prepare things. Exactly. Maybe you would have had, a, had, maybe she even had a hard time sleeping the night before, thinking about how I want this day to go when Jesus comes, because it was important to her. She loved Jesus. Jesus was important to her. And what we're told is that she was really intensely involved in trying to set everything up so that it worked perfectly. Um, she, she had probably envisioned the details and and hope that the, that the day would play out just like she wanted, that Jesus would be pleased with it, everybody would just be able to rejoice together and celebrate the moment. It was one of those things. We all have them in our lives, those special days, and we hope everything just goes right. Well, what, what follows is pretty interesting, because look what it says in verse 40 as well. I only read the first part of that. It says that as this whole dinner is being set up and everything's going on and everybody's moving and Martha's got herself just heavily involved with preparing and serving. It says that, that something occurred. Evidently, Mary, who most, most likely had been helping serve and had been part of this whole process, somewhere along the line, it appears that Mary kind of, kind of stopped. And evidently, Jesus was teaching. Now, what we also know is that this time was, very, was a very sensitive time for the Lord. He was heading towards the cross. There were things on his mind. His words were beginning to take on a, a different kind of meaning, and, and they, were, they were becoming more and more sensitive and, and precise, and in some cases more mysterious as well. But evidently, there was something about what Mary heard Jesus teaching that caused her to stop doing what she was doing, and so she pulls off and starts listening to Jesus. That it actually occurs to her that what she really wants to meet, and, and she seems to be very intuitive. She started just listening and paying attention to his words. Now, I, the, the scene that we're sort of invited to imagine is Martha. I can imagine Martha. She's 
got all stuff flying around and people are doing this and that and, and, and Mary's supposed to be doing, has some things that she's been doing as well. And I imagine the first time Martha just kind of goes by and notices Mary and, and, and maybe doesn't think much of it. Oh, I'm going to just pause for a bit. But then, I, again, maybe the second time by, um, maybe she looks at, at Mary and says, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's okay, come on, remember, we have work to do here. Third time, it starts to get irritated. I mean, th- what's clearly happening here is she's not happy with Mary. She feels like Mary isn't doing her part. You now she had it, 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 It's something that starts to really bother her. And it, you know what? It's, and I'm going to tell you something. Um, we're going to see here, and again, it says that she, that her reaction, what she, what happens. Well, let's just look at it. It says here that when Martha was distracted with so much serving, and but but she got bothered by what Mary was doing. It says she went she went up to him now. Look who she's talking to. She's talking to Jesus. She went up to him and she said, Lord, don't you... Now, that's respectful. Lord, doesn't it bother you? Don't you care that my sister, her, Mary, has left me alone to do all this work? You know, she's supposed to be doing this with me. And then, and then you know, this idea is she's left me to serve alone. And then, you want to talk about... <laughs> Lord, you need to tell her to help me right now. Wow. You don't, people don't talk to Jesus like that. Right? <laughs> tell her to help me now. She's not listening to me. You need to tell her to help me. Now here's the, here's the irony. Because here she is. The most important thing on her mind is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure and take care of this moment for Jesus. And now, you know, she's managed in her, in her moment to start to make a mess of this thing. And I know what that's like. And, and here is her desire to care for the Lord. And now she's accusing him of being almost careless. Doesn't it bother you that, that she's not helping out here? Come on, Lord. You need to tell her. She's not listening to me. She, she'll listen to you. And, you need to, and, and honestly, you know she needs to be helping out. That's what sets the table for this whole thing. And I don't know, maybe whether, whether, whether Mary had just been intentionally ignoring Martha or whether she had actually been kind of just sort of locked in to what Jesus was saying and so connected to it that she really didn't notice. We don't know. What we know is Martha was upset. And she was just worked up, stressed out, and now she was upset. And she got so upset that she basically asked Jesus, you know, to do something about it. And her question, Lord, don't you care? Actually, that's a rhetorical question, which almost means, like, I don't think you really care, Lord. It's like, is it, I, need you to, I need you to tell her to go help. Now, one of the things, I'm going to put a couple things on the board, and this is designed to get us thinking. Again, I do this because... Um, the hope is that we will we'll come out of a teaching and we'll talk about it somewhere along the way this week, maybe over a cup of coffee or with a friend or in our own time with God. We'll be spending in the morning, we're thinking about it a little bit, uh, maybe in our small group, some way that we sort of wrestle with the things that we're learning. So we extend the life in it. And so I try to put, place things in, in practical ways to get us to think about how our Christian life and how our life with God can grow, and how, it's very, how the teachings of the Lord are extraordinarily applicable to everydayness of our life. But one, here's one of the things I, I think it's really helpful to notice, and it's important to notice from this incident, is that when it comes to loving people, and that's what we've been talking a lot about, when it comes to loving people, you know, we all have different temperaments, and that's really important. I often ask people when we, when we look at and talk about Mary and Martha, or Martha and Mary, 
to ask yourself, who do we tend towards dispositionally? I mean, I, I look at Mary, someone like Mary, and she's, she's most likely someone who's more, perhaps more mellow, more reflective, uh, maybe more, more introverted. Martha, it, maybe she's more active and energetic and a little bit more extroverted. You know, wh which one do we tend towards? Would, if someone asked you, are you more of an introvert or more of an extrovert, where would you play out? Um, some of us are more, more contented, um, you know, when we can ponder things and we have a lot of time alone to uh, prayerfully reflect and, and sort of recharge and think long thoughts. So that's, that we need that time, right? That's where we, we do, actually, we, we do well when we can create some space to be alone. Others of us, honestly, um, we get, you know, we're inspired when we're around other people. We really love serving and feeling the joy of, of being with others and energized community and celebrations. Just, you know, I was talking to one couple that was going to be, they were talking about getting married and, and we were talking about the, uh, you know, the ceremony. And I was just sort of asking a question. I said, well, how, you, know, how, you know, how do you envision a successful ceremony? Just curious. Because different people see that in different ways. And my idea was the more you think about that on the front end, the less likely there'll be conflict on the back end, which is a lot of times where things get dicey. Because we haven't actually rem reminded ourselves that maybe we're approaching something, and this happens all the time in, with, with, in, in marriages as well, is a lot of times we're approaching something, and this can happen in friendships, it can happen at workplace. We approach something from very different angles because we're reading it through the lens of our own temperament. And, you know, I, I personally believe that, that most of us are inclined one way or the other. We tend towards Mary, we tend towards Martha. And I, I, I honestly, I, I think it's helpful for us to actually reflect upon that. I think part of our growth as a follower of Jesus will be enhanced by actually reflecting on sort of who we are, to have a, have a better self-understanding, not self-consumed, not arrogant, not like it's all about self-love. But I'm talking about actually thinking about, you know, how do I, what tends to burn me out? What tends to recharge that battery? What happens if I do this too long that I start, here's why it's a big deal. Here's why it's a big deal. Because when we get, when we, if we're not taking into consideration our uniqueness, then what happens is we can very easily get to a place where we're almost getting borderline burned out. And when we get to those places where we're either burned out or we're starting to get really just, just kind of depressed, or here's another one, low-grade kind of anger. We're, 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 what happens is in those places, when we start hitting the edge like that, we're more likely to fall back into destructive, into destructive habits. We'll fall back. We begin, to, we begin to slip back into places that the Lord doesn't want us to go. It's helpful for us, actually, to have a degree of understanding that when, 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 if I do too much of this, over time, it's going to get me here. And here is not a good place for me to be because I end up hurting myself or maybe a lot of people and I'll undermine my own life with God. I, I tend to do better in this, in this kind of a place. Or, and you know what will happen is the Lord will start to show us, things, things start to show up. We get, we get reminders. I, I think it's also helpful for, for us just, you know, also appreciating others. Because a lot of times we maybe, we maybe aren't appreciating the fact that someone else maybe isn't just like us. And they're different. And I, I actually think part of what was happening here is that Martha really wasn't appreciating that Mary was a little bit different than her. 
and she was projecting. And, you know, um, look how Jesus responds to her. Martha comes at him, at the Lord. She makes her appeal to Jesus. He responds with this firm but tender word that calls really her out almost, cuts into the heart of the matter like he's a master surgeon, which he was. Verse 41, look what he says. After she says, Lord, don't you care? And, and I need you to tell her to help me. Um, you know, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Oh, by the way, whenever Jesus says your name twice, you're in, you're in, you're in. <laughs> It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Martha. Now, I, we were, we've been having a lot of fun thinking about how did he say this? Someone said to me last night, I think he said it like, you know, Martha. And then he says, and I think there was this long pause, like, Martha. Mar for my mind, it's like, Martha, 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 why are you so, you know, in this moment, Martha, you are so anxious. Stop it. Stop it. You are so anxious. You are so troubled. You are so stressed and worried about everything that right now, actually, what you're doing, it's not good. Martha, Martha, what, you are anxious and troubled about so many things right now. Calm your... Look, look, he goes on to say, look, one thing is necessary. I'll tell you, if you want to know it, if you want to get one thing, actually, in this, in this moment, in this moment, wasn't saying there's never a right time to serve. Obviously, there won't be any dinner if no one does it. It's not even implying that Mary wasn't. It, what Jesus isn't saying is, actually, in this moment, in this moment, something more is happening here. And before you start reproving and, and accusing and, and, getting, and wanting me to do something about it. Actually, one thing in this moment right now, as I've been sharing, is truly needful, truly important. And you know what? Mary has chosen that good portion. I know you love me, Martha. They wouldn't, this is why you're working so hard to make this meal happen. That's not in question. You see it? And that leads me to the second thought here. And I just want to put it up there again. Let us think about it. That one of the things we can learn from Jesus' response to Mar Martha is that there really are, number two, here it is, many ways to honor the Lord. And you and I need to be careful about expecting others to serve Jesus our way. And I, and I know, look, I'm not saying there aren't standard agreements. I'm not saying there aren't principles of this, of, that Jesus gave us and the Bible teaches us that apply across the board. I get that. The word of the Lord is true. That's no, look, we, I agree with that. What I am saying, though, is that there are also um, other things that need to be taken into account. What I'm saying is that we need to stay humble. That's what I'm saying. And be slow to judge lest the Lord gives us a surprise. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I think Martha fully expected Jesus to say, you know, you're right. Mary, what are you doing here? You need to get up and you need to help your sister. But you know what? That's not what happened. It's interesting because it's basically like Jesus is saying this. Actually, Martha, Martha, I disagree with you. And if you want to push the envelope on this, if you really do, which I think is what you're doing, then actually, I, if you, I'm, I'm actually right now more grateful for what, okay, in this moment, I am more grateful for what Mary's doing. So don't push this too far. I mean, basically, I, 
if you want to get down to it, the attention that I prefer right now is actually what's happening right now. The one that you're upset with is the one actually, right now, her engaging me in this moment and hearing my words, and Jesus wasn't, he didn't bring it up. He didn't go, hey, Martha, you're doing stuff that doesn't really matter as much as what Mary's doing right now. It, think about this. It was Martha who escalated it and create, almost puts Jesus in a position where he has to, to let her know that if you really want to get down to it, actually, it, you're seeing it differently than I'm seeing it. If anything, Mary actually is discerning this moment. Clearly, there was something else going on that she was getting. I think it was connected to what was actually happening with Jesus. The meal they would have, the meals as good as they were, as honoring as they were, would come and go. He would never be back here again. There were things that he was saying that you get the impression that Martha in her haste wasn't appreciating, but Mary in this moment had actually been able to pull out of that and was really caught in the sort of, I will say, in this intuitive moment that there was something more going on here that actually is even more important. And she got it. And that's what Jesus was saying. She actually has got, there is something more happening and you are missing this moment. Very powerful. And it, what, you know what that kind of tells us? Is that a lot of times we used to be very careful about being judgmental. Because a lot of times, you know, what the Lord will do is he'll, this is what happen, he'll turn it back on us. And say, well, okay, if you really want to take that there, it, you, it's you. That's intense. I see something else very practical here. Three. And that is this. Right? Um, we need to be very careful about being driven. Um, uh, yes, in, even in service for the Lord. But I think it's more than that, obviously. I mean, we go back to the Samaritan story and the, the two that seemed to be most tasked, uh, most committed to timelines uh, were the ones that had the hardest time actually showing compassion. So we need to be careful there. I think a lot of times um, we... we some of us, again, here it goes, depending on how our disposition, we, we can sometimes, um, we're so worked up. And uh, we get anxious and we get tense and we start to feel stress. Maybe some of us even came in here with a ton of stress. You know, I, I, I find myself, there's, a, there's something I noticed. I, I, I found myself going, you know, get, there was a couple things that were on my mind last week. I was thinking about them. And, and you know what I noticed? Uh, I hope I can say this right. I, I got home, and there was something that should have brought me joy or I should have been able to, to appreciate, and I, was, I, I noticed that I was not because I felt like all this kind of pressure. And I felt like, that, again, I, I know this is, I hope, again, I don't know if I can say it correctly, but I, I think what was happening is in those moments when we start to feel really stressed and anxious and we're actually not able to be blessed by things that should be blessing us, it could be, it's, it's frequently a sign that we're carrying things that God did not assign us to carry. That we have actually packed some things. And I, I know in life there are going to be times where we've got a lot of weight to bear. And we've got to move, and, and that's part of life. There are seasons like that. But there are other times when, honestly, what's happened is we have packed things in so tightly that we are now tightly wound. And it doesn't. And not only are we close to having trigger points and saying things or falling back in those patterns that I talked about, but we're also missing some of the moments that God has for us. And that really stands out to me because a lot of times, you know, it it 
it takes its toll on us. I mean, we run the risk. Uh, when we're redlining and, and we're not pulling away, listen, in those moments, okay, I, this is why I need to say it like this too. In those moments, it's helpful to pull back, say, Lord, I, I surrender my life to you. I, I need to remind myself that I control nothing. And if there are things that you're trying to teach me right now or you're wanting me to adjust, right now, Lord, I just want to tell you. This is basically what I said to the Lord myself. Lord, I just want to be open to that. Because a lot of times what I'm feeling, my attitude, my anxiety, my stress, I, I'm going, I don't, I don't think that's what, I'm not saying you want it to be perfect for me, but if it's causing these things to happen, then maybe, Lord, I need to share some things back or maybe I need to pause, maybe I need to create more space just to be with you for a bit, to, to remind myself of what, what my priorities should look like, to remind myself that there are two things that I should be doing better than anything else in my life right now, loving you and loving people that you've given me to love, loving others. Help me right there, Lord, to not just get, and maybe there's times, you know what happens in life? It's like a, it's like a garden. We, we say this all the time about tending your soul. We say, the garden untended, what does it grow? It grows weeds. You know, it, the garden doesn't like tend itself. Someone has to clean it and take care of it and keep it in. It, on its own, it'll become uh, just this you know, outgrowth. A house in a room, in a home, uh, it doesn't just like clean itself. We all know that. They go, oh yeah, of course not. Things, what hap- what, you know what is normal? Dust, uh, clutter, something gets put here. So what, hap- what I'm saying is there are times where we need to actually pay attention to some things because we're getting filled up a lot with stuff. And maybe sometimes God calls us a place of simplicity. I, what I like about part of what's happening here is that the Lord was saying, you know, there are times actually when what he really wants from us, not all, I'm saying there are times where he definitely wants our service, but there are also times where the Lord will say, you know what, actually, you, this is a time for pulling back and being still and actually decluttering, actually simplifying. Listen for my voice. Recalibrate yourself. Come on now. If you don't do that, here's what will happen. You will miss some of the joy that I have for you. And my prayer for you is that your joy would be full, Jesus said. Not problem-free, but joyful. And, and then also what will happen is we will start to, to make ourselves vulnerable to a lot of things that are, are self-destructive or at least... Remember we talked, I I know I've been saying this a lot, but we live in such a toxic culture. Oh, man. It's so easy to fall back into bad habits, bad patterns. And I'm I'm not saying that like, you know, paranoid. I'm just being honest. And so to keep our soul in a good place with God requires attentiveness. And this leads me to the last thing I'll say about it, and we'll we'll leave it with this. And I'm calling this the fourth thought, which is this, that we we ought not to let the intensity of our pursuits, right, obscure what it is that Jesus taught us was um, the most important and meaningful things in life. And again, the danger of intensity and you look at Martha, just stay with me on it. You look at Martha and she was so intense and she was so committed to, and, and, and notice the extensiveness of her commitment. He says, you are not just so stressed out and, and, and you're just filled with anxiety, but he says, you are filled with many things. Martha, you're a multitasker. And I think right now, you need to calm down. Because you are, just, you are just destroying the peace here, honestly. And there's something happening right now that Mary actually is attuned to. And, and you, in your love for me, 
and in your work for me and your preparation for me, you're actually hurting that right now. Stop it. You know what the irony is? I think she was hurting to the people she loved the most in this world. Her sister, her only sister, and her Lord that she was doing this for. The very two that she was doing this for. She, had, she, had, she was angry with her sister, and she was accusatory of the Lord, and she was doing this for him. And, it, and I'm going, Lord, this, you, you know, this is what happens. We, we, we can miss the moments that you have for us. And, and I say, that it really does. It, it brings us all the way back full circle. All this does is bring us all the way back. Her, what she was actually doing was the opposite of the two things we're supposed to be doing. She was having a, in this moment, she was in her anxiousness or stress or, you know, feeling of, wow, this has to be done. She was actually hurting her relationship with the Lord, and then she was also hurting her, her relationship with her sister. Loving God, loving people. You see it? It's right there, full circle. It's the reminder. It's the reminder that there are going to be times where God's going to want us to pay attention. And a lot of times it's, it's made evident by what's coming out of our mouth and our attitudes and the way we're treating people. It shows up. And then the Lord will say, you need to look inside your heart with me. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray about this. Lord, and, uh, I thank you. I, I thank you for your teachings because they're very, they're very helpful for us to think about how we negotiate life as well. Oftentimes we find ourselves in places where we are so worked up over things that we're missing the, the more beautiful things that you've given to us. The things that oftentimes are obscured because we're so caught up in our pursuits that we're missing what it is you're actually trying to say. And so I just, you know, I just pray that we walk that balanced place. Sometimes we, our adjustment needs to be activate our love and serve. And other times, Lord, our adjustment needs to be slow down, be still, and listen for my voice. Either way, Lord, I know your love is there for us. Your love is strong. And I pray that you keep working in our lives, and we look forward to where you're taking us this year. May you be honored in it. Bless our time of giving as a people, as a community. We do this. It's our church. And we pray, Lord for our closing song, this closing blessing. Let's just enjoy it and receive it together. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.